All right, welcome to the People Progressing podcast. And today I have another superstar uh, from Thunder Ridge High School in, in the University of Florida women's basketball team, uh, Carly Needles. And, and Carly, I want to thank you for coming on today. And just going to ask you first and foremost, you know, kind of take us through your journey where you grew up, um, some of the yeah. things you like to do as a kid and, and, and influences that you had growing up and so forth. Yeah, no, thanks for reaching out. I was really happy to to see you, uh, your text in my phone, and I'm, I'm happy to be here, so thanks. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up in Parker, Colorado, which is just about 20 minutes south of um, Highland Ranch, which is where I went to high school. Um, and I have three sisters, so there's four girls in my family. Uh, my poor dad got stuck with a lot of estrogen. Um, oh, but, uh, you know, we were always, my dad is a very like, I mean, when you say, you know, he's a man's man, that's how he is, right? He plays sports and he's, he's rough around the edges and will compliment you when you, when he needs to, or when you deserve it, but will also be like your toughest critic. Right. Um, so having us four girls, we all played sports. So I think he kind of hit the jackpot there. Um, but, you know, I, I grew up watching him watch sports and I actually, um, my older sister who we joke around now, she has no athletic bone in her body. If you throw a ball at her, she like, you know, <laughs> her face, she covers her face and gets all afraid. But uh, so I actually, my parents took her and um, signed her up for rec basketball. And I, I guess I was a year too young. I don't, I don't know. They didn't even ask me if I was interested. Um, and so when my sister started playing, I, you know, all the other little kids that are like four, five, six, they're running around underneath the bleachers going crazy, you know, and I always wanted to sit there and, and watch the game. And I would just talk on my dad, like, can you please sign me up to play? I want to play. Right. Um, and so the next year um, I, he signed me up and I was playing basketball and softball and I loved it. I mean, that's kind of what took over, right. When you're like, what did you like to do? Obviously I like to, play with my friends and ride around on my bike around the neighborhood and stuff like that. But basketball quickly became my hobby and I can't even remember life really without it. Um, but I did play softball at the same time. And I, I love softball. I played until probably eighth grade, um, probably even before that, but you know, it got to the point where, Hey, you need to decide one or the other. Um, and I decided basketball just because I'm more of a physical player right like obviously softball has its challenges but basketball is, is way more fast-paced and a lot more physical and so decided to stick with that um and I played in all boy leagues so my dad was like if you want to be good at this and you actually really want to be good at this you got to play in the boy league so from until I could couldn't play with the boys anymore I played in the boy leagues um played at the Y I played at the rec center I played at the park um, all the boys and I loved it. That was, I kind of just felt like that's where, you know, I belonged. Um, and then fast forward to middle school, I joined my first, um, club team, the Colorado Hoopsters. And that's where Abby Wayner went. She went to Thunder Ridge as well. Um, Emily went there pretty much all of the women basketball players that I looked up to went to the Hoopsters. So I was like, I have to go play at the Hoopsters. Um, so I went there and I played and traveled um, with them right away. And I was playing on three different teams, 
10 games a day. Like we, we joke around about it now. I'm like, I can't even imagine playing one game in one day. <laughs> like I can't, 10, that's insane, you know? Um, but I loved it. I mean, that was, that was my life. Um, and once it got time to be, you know, high school, I had to decide, do I stay, you know, at Chaparral, which is where I should have gone to high school or go to Thunder Ridge where everyone at my Hoopsters club team played. Right. And so I was kind of like, well, I'm just going to go to Thunder Ridge. So my dad committed to it with me and supported me and drove me 20 minutes every morning. That's 20 minutes without traffic. Right. He would yeah. probably say it takes longer than that, but yeah. um so yeah, my freshman year, he took me to school every single day just so that I could play basketball at Thunder Ridge. And um, I mean, as you know, Thunder Ridge was known for championships throughout all sports, right? And obviously academics are important too, but um, the sports world at, at Thunder Ridge was so intriguing to me. Um, so what, and I played there and um, started as a freshman and played the rest of my four years at Thunder Ridge and had so many different types of teams, which is the coolest part about playing sports, right? Like you, you think about, you know, I think back to my freshman year and the people that I had on my team and I'm just like, oh my God, if I were to play with them now, like today, right. Um, we would kill it. Like we were the best team in, in, you know, in the state and we were right. We, we really were, but we had some crazy competition, um, at some of the other schools, but, um, yeah, it's just so cool to see like the different types of teams that you have. Um, and then, you know, when I got into high school, it was obviously, this is, this is game time for lack of a better phrase, right? Like if you want to play, you need to, you need to work your butt off, right. And do well in the classroom, but um, really focus on your skills. And so again, basketball was my life <laughs> every day, right. That's, I'd actually go work out before school sometimes um, because my dad couldn't take me in the afternoon. And um one thing I, I want to note about growing up and my dad is that I can probably only think of, or I, I could probably list out how many times he wasn't out of practice or a game on, on two hands. And I played for, you know, well over a decade and he was at every single thing, the most supportive guy. And I just thinking back at it now, I was always so annoyed by it. Right. I'm like, my dad will not leave me alone. Like I'm the kid here that has my dad sitting. Um, but he taught me what it was, what it meant to be committed to something, right? If you want to be great, you got to be committed. And he was committed to helping me be great. And so as much as I hated him back then, I definitely appreciate it now. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so played in high school, um, had really good teams, went to the final four um, every year, except for one. Um, unfortunately, didn't win a championship, which obviously that was the goal, but learned a lot. Um, throughout my experience at Thunder Ridge. And then um, it's, it's kind of weird. So the, the dynamic of club sports really changed. There was only one or two club teams in the area. And then towards the end of my career, high school career, there were like eight, right? There's yeah. a ton. And so there wasn't really any like really, really good club team. And if there was, um, it, it didn't last for very long, right? That people were always looking around. Um, and so my senior year, I actually got um, the opportunity to go play with a team that was sponsored by um, Nike and Diana Taurasi. And so I took that opportunity and lived in California for the entire summer. And so going back to thinking about the different types of teams that I had, I mean, this was a completely different world, right? Like I learned so much about myself um, and about the game and, and just everything that I don't think I would have um, learned 
you know, with the teams that I had in Colorado, because I was so comfortable. Like I knew everyone, I knew, yeah. the co- I knew the coaches, I knew the players. Um, and it just becomes your comfort zone. And so I think that going to California and forcing me to kind of like be on my own and be uncomfortable and not be the best player was the best thing to happen to me for sure. Um, so I, I've kind of given you a background on me all the way up to my senior year of high school. And all I've done is talk about sports and that sounds crazy, but seriously, I mean, that was like the center of our world. Was well, sports. I think it was, I think it was really interesting what you just said there about getting out of your comfort zone. I think that's, that's one of the messages when we're talking about people progressing, right? The yeah. best way to progress is to get out of your comfort zone. What, what did that one summer, um, how much did that really, really propel you to the next step? Man, coach, I seriously, I would dread going to practice every single day because, because I was, you know, I lived in Colorado. I was only there for a certain amount of time. There were actually girls that were all over the place. There was one from Hawaii, one from Oregon, another one from uh, the Midwest. And all of us went D1, but we were all uncomfortable, right? We all went there and we would have like two week sprints to where we would be in the gym from seven in the morning. And then we would have like, you know, lunch break and then be in the gym again until seven at night. And then we would stay at my coach's house. He would stay somewhere else and we would all just have a slumber party at, at his house. But it was so hard. It was so hard. I was exhausted all the time. And I wasn't, I mean, it was, I was like, I don't even think I'm that good at basketball because I was around all these people that were so talented and it really, really challenged my mental capacity, right? My mental toughness. And I think that that's really, I thought I was tough right before that. And, and I wasn't. How? But what it, go ahead. I'm sorry. How, how important, I, I love that word challenge. I'm sorry I interrupted you because you can continue. No, okay. How important yeah. is it to challenge yourself like that? To, to God, grow, it's it's to so grow. important. It's so important. It's so important. I mean, being on, unco- being comfortable, being uncomfortable is, it, you have to get to that point. And the only way to get to that point is to do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, like just actually getting up and going to the gym or actually getting up and doing your laundry. That's like getting up and doing it is the hardest part. And then once you're there, you're like, okay, I did it. Right. So it really challenged me. And it was just a wake up call, right? Like I, you think that you're all that in a bag of chips and you are not right. So, um, it, it prepared me for college too. Cause I think that, uh, you know, like I said, you get comfortable in the bubble of Highland Ranch and your people, your ecosystem, it's very, very tight. Um, and going to California, it really prepared me for diversity. Like this person doesn't give a crap about who I am. Like she's here for herself too. And this person doesn't either. And then our coach obviously cared so much about us, but didn't care if we were sad, if we were hurt or anything like that, right? He had one goal and that was to, to build our mental toughness and he definitely achieved that. Um, and then when I got to college, it was kind of like, oh, I've already experienced this. So it's, it can't be much worse than, than that, right? So. so you just kept gaining confidence through that uncomfortableness, through that challenging yourself that just builds confidence and, and builds confidence and builds confidence, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It really does. And I, I hate to say this, but I got to be honest. I, I don't think that I ever, I don't think I ever, you know, portrayed that I wasn't confident to my team. I'm always that like fake it, <laughs> fake until you make it type person. But I don't know if I ever internally felt truly confident throughout that whole experience. And I wish that I 
was more, I gave myself more grace, right? Because I was always like, you are not good enough. There's no way that you can do this, this, and this. And I, I became timid. And it almost like, it almost was um, a bad thing for me to be in California because I was so unsure of who I was and what type of player I was. Um, and then when I came back to Colorado and, and was playing with my high school team and started to, you know, get looks at, you know, some big schools, then I was like, okay, here's my reassurance. Or I would have one, there was one player on our team that she was so good. I mean, so, so good. She ended up going to Gonzaga. Um, another one went to Stanford. So good. And they would call me out on everything all the time. Right. But the one time that they gave me a compliment that like, just accelerated my, I was like, okay, cool. I got this. Yeah. So that, that would help me for like a couple, a couple days. Right. Until the, until I'd get my butt beat again. But having that words of affirmation from people that you really respect goes a long way. So let me ask you this, that let's go back to California again. This is so intriguing. Yeah. Um, why didn't you quit? I mean, why didn't you just say, call your dad and say, get to the airport, give me a ticket and I'm coming home. What, what made you stick it out? What made you keep challenging yourself? Because I didn't want any of those girls to see that I, that I quit and be like, she's a quitter, you know, like I, like she just, she couldn't, she can handle it. And I think it's more of like an ego thing where I'm just like, I'm going to prove everyone wrong that I can do this no matter how much I don't want to do it, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's probably just like an ego thing. And then when I finally got out of my own head and was able to prove to myself, like, listen, you're performing so well, like, right. So once I got to call or to high school and I was doing really well, our team was doing really well. I was just like, okay, all of that hard work that I did is finally paying off. But I, I just, I think that I didn't quit because it's just like a, my dad can't say that I'm a quitter. My teammates can't say that I'm a quitter. I just always felt like I would be, you know, letting someone down. Um, and the opportunity to play in California isn't something that everyone gets. And so, I mean, in my head, I was like, how is this going to look that this chick just came over here and, and left? Well, yeah, the, other, so. the other thing I'm going to tell you, because I've watched you and I've uh, known you and, and everything else, you're just too mentally tough to quit. Yeah, that's the bottom line. You mentioned yeah. mental toughness and you're just too mentally tough yeah. to quit. That's, I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so my dad would always tell me, um, you can't teach effort, right? Like I, throughout my entire life, I was never the most talented person on the floor. I wasn't. Um, but no one was going to outwork me. And I think that that probably, you're right. I think that that was my mentality was just like, no matter how hard it is, no one is ever going to tell me to quit, you know, like no one is ever going to tell me that I'm not good enough. Like it's just all going to be on my accord, uh, my own accord. And so, yeah, I just, well, I, I, think I was the, the toughest, well, I'm going to do the things that people don't want to do and I'm going to do it the best, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I think elite people. And I consider you an, an elite person. It's somebody who plays division one basketball and has gone through some of those things that you've gone through. You're not just an elite basketball player. You, something makes you tick um, that didn't quit, that, that wanted more, that wanted more of a challenge that, that kept saying, come on, let's go, you know? And I know it's tough and I know it's tough on a lot of people, but there's so many people in the business world right now in the, just mm -hmm. in their lives, everyday lives that, that are uncomfortable, that are going through some of those th struggles and stuff. And what you just told them to do 
to stick it out, to keep challenging yourself, yeah. to not quit, to not, you know, I have a, a saying, it's called fear, regret. And I think mm -hmm. uh, that's, that is so apropos with your story, because I think if you would have quit, you would, you would be sitting here telling me right now that you have, re you have a ton of regret for quitting that opportunity. And right. um, yeah. so I think that fear, regret kind of came into your play there. And you're just like, there's no way it's going to beat me. And that's what the elite do, right. right? And that's what you're teaching other people right. with the, with doing this podcast. So let's go into now. You're back into high school. You're back into trying to figure out where you want to go to college. So that's another mm -hmm. step in your life that was a big major step that you had to take. Tell us about that journey. Yeah. Uh, sorry, my my work laptop there. Um, so. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a journey the recruiting process is, um, all the rules. And, and again, it goes to the, just the status. Everyone is, everyone knew who I was, uh, because the papers were great, <laughs> were great with, you know, reporting everything about all sports. I mean, I was so surprised with how much high school sports were in the news, you know? Um, so everyone knew, that I was in that process. And so the pressure of like, I need to go somewhere and, and think about, you know, I was, I had Abby in my head, right? Like Abby went to Duke and that's what I want. I want to be as good as her. I want to go to these cool, these schools and improve myself, whatever. Um, but everyone's journey is different, right? Like you can't compare yourself to, I can't compare myself to Abby. We are literally, we're not apples to apples. We're not the same player. We're not the same person. We don't want the same things. Right. Um, and that was really hard to get over is, is, was comparing myself to everyone else. Um, and the, the first offer that I got was actually in eighth grade um, from CU and it was awesome. And I was like, whoa, this is, whoa, what? Like, yeah. this is real, this is happening, you know? Yeah. And, um, really and cool. it was so cool. And then um, getting into high school and playing on a team that's like Hoopsters that has you know, they're known nationally. Um, and Thunder Ridge, we went to a, um, a tournament every year um, in Phoenix where we could be seen by college coaches and we always performed really well there too. So we were definitely known. Um, and it just, it's, I started to get more and more exposure. And once we were able to get um, letters in the mail, it was like every day, you know, we were like, okay, let's go to the mailbox and see who's reached out to you now. And it, it was cool. And it was definitely you know, it just piled on to, to the ego, like, oh, this is great. I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. Right. And I had that from my eighth grade year until my junior year um, when I went to California and it was like, okay, but you're not the best. So it's funny, like all of that was feeding like the, the ego part of me. And it was definitely driving me, it was motivating me for sure. Um, but it can go the other way as well, where you're like, you have stupid confidence and that's just not what you want. Um, but so I thought that I really, really wanted to go to ASU. That was, I want to go to ASU. My family lives, I have a lot of family that lives in Phoenix. Um, I loved the coach and that was just what I wanted to do. And it's, it's funny because I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And then six months later, you know, now Oklahoma is in the mix and I'm like, Oh, but I love that coach, you know? And it was just, it was a common theme. Right. And then um, Cal Berkeley came into the mix and I was like, Joanne Boyle, I love her. But the theme was that I love the coach. I love the coach and that's it. I didn't know the players. I didn't really do my research on the, you know, the history of the team or um, 
what academics were like. I was just like, tunnel vision. I like the coach. She makes me feel I can trust her. That was big to me. Like I can trust her. Um, and how is the team currently, right? Like what is their current record? I don't look at anything else. And that's such a naive way to think about it, right? Because there's so much more that goes into it than just your coach. And uh, no offense to you. I mean, you're a coach, but half the time you don't even like your coach, you know, yeah. you're like, they are the worst. Right. And so um, I actually, I wanted to go to ASU, like I said, and then um, my junior year, they had told me that they've given my scholarship to someone else. And that was a wake up call for me. Um, they'd actually given it to a point guard that went to, um, did she go to Monarch? Yeah. Uh, Monarch or Heritage. So it was a local girl, right? So I took that very, very personally. And again, that was like, okay, now here's the shot to my confidence. My parents were mad that I didn't, you know, I wasn't honest with them about um, what had happened. Cause I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this, right? I never thought that this would happen. Um, and it, it killed me. I was like, oh no, I don't. So then I had to open up and look at other places. Um, and the same thing had, op- had happened at Oklahoma. They had said, hey, we're going to offer this girl a scholarship. You have to commit right now or yeah. you're not coming to Oklahoma. And that's such a big thing to ask a 16 year old, yeah, a 16, yeah. 17 year old, you know, like how are you going to make a decision? Yeah. It's a ton of pressure. And um, I was scared. So I said, no. So th- those are two opportunities that I passed up and I was like, well, what am I going to do now? You know, like, where am I going to go? And um, again, I was just thinking of it in, in the wrong way. It was like, what are people going to think of if I went to this school versus what is going to be beneficial for Carly, not only now, but in the future too. Right. Um, and that's like the number one thing that I, when my sister is going through her recruiting process, I was like, listen, you don't need to go to the school that everyone is looking at. Right. You don't need to go to a place that's not going to fill your bucket, do your research, meet the team. That was the biggest thing. I can't believe I didn't even think about meeting the team. I never met the team at ASU. I never met the team at Oklahoma. And I, that's what I spend my time with, you know, yeah. majority of the time. And so yeah. um, it wasn't until my official visits, my senior year, um, that I finally began to realize there's so many other components to making this decision. Um, and I had five official visits lined up, but decided to go to Florida first. And I Touchdown in Gainesville, never been to the state of Florida before. <laughs> um, touchdown in Gainesville. And for some reason, it kind of gave me that like Fort Collins vibe. Like I really loved it. I, I grew up going to Fort Collins all the time. My dad went to CSU. Um, and I was like, I don't know, this kind of reminds me of CSU. Dad, doesn't it remind you? Like, mom, what do you think? And it just felt like home. I, I loved the coach. The team was awesome. Um, I mean, this sounds kind of silly, but I was like, there's no one else is a Gator. This is awesome. You know, like everyone knows the Gators. There's only one of them. And if you're chomping at us, either you're with us or you're mocking us. Either way, you're still doing it. Right. And I I love that. Um, And on my official visit there, we met Urban Meyer, which was cool because he's a winner. Right. Like he had all these championships and um, it was awesome. And, And I just felt like it was home. And I don't even know why, but it just did. Right. Um, and I committed there. I Good. didn't come back, um, a free agent anymore. Like that was it. I committed there and that, and I never looked back. And, um, I guess to kind of sum up that long response that I just gave you, I think that, um, if there's one thing I could change about that whole experience and what I would give advice to people is just to really slow down 
and put yourself first, you know, like it's so hard to know what you want to do at 16, 17, but the one thing that you do know that you want is to be happy (laughs) and you can't, you can't measure your happiness based off of other people's opinions. And so putting that first and be realistic, right? Like, are you actually going to play professionally? Probably not. Right. Or, I mean, it's not the NBA, it's just different for women. And so really thinking big picture, um, but obviously putting yourself, yourself first. So now you, you so. decide to go to Florida. So now all of a sudden you're going to the opposite side of our country. Yeah. Again, another right. huge step for you, um, going away from family, going away from friends. Um, didn't really know anybody except for what you met on your recruiting visit. So right. Um, again, put your challenging yourself, putting yourself out there. You're always out there challenging yourself, making yourself better, progressing, growing. And then you, you get out there and you start playing and everything else. And then what happened? Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't know what the heck I was thinking going across the country and not knowing a single soul there, <laughs> but I don't know what I was doing. Probably again, trying to prove people wrong. Right. Um, so yeah, we preseason started. Oh my gosh. I remember our first uh, lifting session the next day. I seriously, I couldn't extend my arms all the way. Like I, they were bent like this. You know, I was so sore. I was like, what in the heck? Um, but got all the way through preseason, which is, you know, notoriously the worst part of the season. Um, and we were at our last exhibition game, um, in North Florida. And it was just one of those days where everyone was just getting hurt, you know, but they're like, okay, let's just do one more situational thing, right? Let's put six minutes up on the clock. We're down five, blah, blah. So, um, I am a player that plays the entire court. I'm that, that was my thing, right? I'm the energizer bunny that's playing defense for 90 feet for 40 minutes. Um, and so I was doing that and I'd gotten beat and uh, went to go try to cut her off and fell and tore my ACL. And uh, at the, at the time I had no idea. I never had gotten hurt before. I broke my hand in, in high school at a national tournament, but that's, you know, whatever you just put the cast on, yeah. you could still do things. Um, and I, when I fell, I, I felt the big pop, but I didn't like, I didn't hear it. You know, all the things, all the stories that you hear. And I, again, I was just kind of like, this isn't going to happen to me. It kind of just goes back to the ASU thing, right? Like all these options are going to be here for me because it's me. Yeah. Why, like, why not? Right. Yeah. Um, it's my utopian world and everything's going to pan out the way that I want. Um, so, I mean, I, I got up and I walked off the court, no problem. And um, the next morning I woke up and went to go, you know, walk, get out of bed. And I fell and I was like, oh no, there's something wrong here. Um, went to the training room and, and he had told me, and I'm not afraid to be emotional uh, in front of people, but I don't necessarily enjoy it, you know? Um, and when he told me, I just, I was like, what? Like, is that the bad one? I seriously forgot which, yeah. you know, what yeah. the ACL is. So um, yeah, and he told me that and I was like, wow, this is weird. What do I do next? And uh, yeah, so I, I called my parents and told them and rehabbed for a month and had surgery. And um, I was still able to travel with the team, which was great. Uh, I learned a lot a lot. And I, I'm kind of, um, you know, how everyone's always like, this happens for a reason. It's happening yeah, for a yeah. reason. And you're always like, well, what reason is that? Yeah. Right. You never know. Um, but I learned so, so much. And I'm very grateful for that year. Um, 
to be just a student of the game, you know, and not have the stress of being a freshman and not knowing what the heck is going on out there. So, so you used it as a, as a growing experience, you use it as a learning experience for yourself. Really? That's what, yeah. You, yeah. And, and you made yeah, the, and, I tried and, to, and that's what I, I try to tell people when you, when you face adversity, it's an opportunity and, and it's, right. it's an opportunity to grow and get better. And that's exactly what you did because I know one yeah. thing that you were still winning you were killing it in the classroom, correct? You know, I was a great student in college. In high school, I definitely, I don't know what I was thinking, but in, in college, yeah, I took that very seriously. Um, and I, I didn't, so since I had five years, I was actually able to graduate um, a little bit early and then I got my my master's as well while I was there. Yeah, so yeah, I- Played five years yep. of col- major college basketball, Division One, SEC, University of Florida, and came out yeah. with a master's degree. There's not too yeah. many people that can do that. Facing some of the adversity that you had to face, you went somewhere where you didn't know anybody. Yep. You flew all the way across yeah. the country to go to school. You had ACL surgery the first season, so you couldn't play. All these things yeah. happened, and in, in, um, you came through it with a master's degree because you kept your eyes yep. on the prize and what you wanted. And along the way, I want to go through some of these. Um, you were a co-captain. You won the heart and soul of the team award. You won the um, charge award. <laughs> I guess that's taking the most charges in a season. You probably did. Yeah. I think I read like three times, something like that. Maybe even yeah. four times. Um, Unsung yeah. hero award. You got the practice award. You were on the honor roll. You were on the all eight, uh, SEC academic team. All those things happened while you were, while you were going through all of this. And, and it mm-hmm. shows you that some of those earlier experiences that you had going out to California and playing on these club teams and playing for one of the best high school programs in the country and, and the challenges that you always challenge yourself to, they, they showed out in the end because the cream rises to the top. And when you, you become mm-hmm. a captain of a division one SEC basketball team, what, what is that like? What, what, what responsibilities did you feel with that? Yeah. I mean, so <clears throat> being a point guard, right. You're kind of just put into that leadership role. Um, and I always start with that, but I, I do feel like it's just in my blood, right? Like I want to be a leader. I, I want to be, not like inspirational, but I want to lead with my actions. And that's kind of, and that goes back to, you can't teach people effort, right? I mean, the only reason a sci-fi kid from Colorado got to go play in the SEC was because I was known for doing the things that no one else wanted to do, right? No one else wants to play for 90 feet. And so because I was able to lead by my actions, I think that that's what put me in those, in that role so early on in my career um, at Florida. And people respected it, right? Because I was like, listen, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not cutting any corners here and neither should you. And um, I, I learned that from my mom, from my dad and, and just from, you know, Coach Bradley. I mean, everyone always held me accountable to that regard. And so the fact that I was able to do that still in college with women that were, you know, older than me, had more experience than me and was still able to, you know, have a, an impact on the team felt, amazing and I took that so seriously because I, I mentioned it before I I'm, I wasn't the 
the most talented on the team, right? But I needed to make myself irreplaceable. <laughs> you know, like I, I can't, I can't have someone coming coming in here next year and doing the same things as me. That's just not gonna happen, right? Um, and so, yeah, I was just leading leading by example, and and that was more of my leadership style. Um, I feel like that's how you really gain a lot of respect, right? You're not gonna ask. I'm never gonna ask something of someone else. I'm not gonna do it myself. Um, and that's definitely something that I learned from my parents growing up. Very important. Um... Very important right there, what you just said about leading by example and never ask some, somebody to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. And I think that's a huge component of being a great leader. And how has that transpired or how has that come into your life now? You're in sales now in the business world. How has how that mm-hmm. experience of all those things that you went through, all those the adversity, the challenges, the high expectations that you put on yourself, being a leader, how's that transformed yeah. you into your position now in the business world? Well, first and foremost, sales is, is uh, you're challenged every single day, right? You have a number that you need to hit, a quota that you need to hit, and it's black or white. Either you hit it or you don't, right? And And I like that because there's not, I get out what I put in, and that is, how I've always operated, you know? Um, and I've definitely seen the fruits of my labor now. I mean, it definitely took a, took a while, but, um, I, I see it now. And I actually, um, I was asked to do like a, a prospecting. Um, so I'm, I'm in business development, right? So I go out and I'm, I'm cold calling and I'm getting told no, or to F off or what, how'd you get this number? It's by, CIOs, CTOs, VPs, like all these people every day, right? And so the fact that I was able to kind of experience all of the adversity growing up kind of just gave me that thick skin that if someone were to tell me to take a hike, I'm like, I'm already on the hike, bro. I'll come back and call you tomorrow, you know? So that's just kind of how I I think about it. I mean, you're not you're not losing anything, right? But I'm never going to see this person if he tells me no. Not a big deal. But anyway, that's how I approached it. Like, I've been told no. I've been told all of the things that I do wrong by my coaches growing up, you know? So I'm used to it. I'm used to it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that has definitely helped me with the sales role because you do get told no a lot. Um, but I was actually asked um, by, by our executives to do um, – a prospecting just training with our team um, last year. And I had only been with the company for, um, I don't think, it, I think it was my year mark that I was doing this presentation. Um, and it was the reason why they wanted me to do it was because I'm very, I prep a lot. Um, and that's what sports is, right? Like you don't just show up in a mm-hmm. game and not have scout and um, not have film that you watched. And I mean, I would argue that we knew our teammates or we knew our opponents better than they knew themselves. Right. Um, And so I kind of take that same approach to in the business world is if I'm going to sell to someone, I need to know more about your, your job and your company and your needs than you. Right. So that I can, first of all, listen to you, but it doesn't matter. Right. Like I'm, I'm doing my research and I'm proving to you that I've done my research and this is why you should talk to me. So um, in this presentation, I actually used, um, an old scouting report from college. Um, it was a scouting report against Tennessee. And we had, you know, like your, your players and what they do good and what, and what their weaknesses are. And then like an overview of the team. 
And so I shared that on my screen. I was like, this is what I had in college, you know, and I was, I was equating the, the, the business world is very similar to sports. Like yeah, yeah. you show up on Monday, you're not prepping on Monday. You should be prepping on Sunday, yeah, yeah. right? Because Monday morning, when you walk into the office, it's game time, yeah. right? And you don't have time to prep anything anymore. So that's kind of like my, my mentality is once I come to a meeting, if I'm meeting with my executives or I'm just meeting with, you know, my colleague that were even, even kill, I still always want to make sure that I'm prepared. Um, and, and I only, the, obviously I, I owe the credit to sports and basketball for, for that. And I, I learned scout in the high school, which still, I think that there's a lot of high school teams that don't do that. Um, but coach Bradley was very, very diligent with scout. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so it, it's funny to see it. And that's what I was saying to, you know, when I was presenting it to everyone, I was like, I hated watching film. I hated doing all this stuff. And then, you know, you hate it until you actually see the reason for why you're doing it. The purpose of it. So, yeah. yeah. So tell yeah. me, I'm going to go back just real quick and then we'll kind of go on that. What yeah. was the un unsung hero award? What was that? <laughs> so um, it's the things that aren't on the, the stat sheet, right? Um, that's, quite honestly, that's, that's how I got my scholarship was doing the things that aren't on the stat sheet. I mean, if I'm pressuring the ball and I'm, you know, I'm doing all the things, I'm disrupting the point guard and then she throws it to, you know, the wing and my teammate gets a steal on the stat sheet, that's, that's Simone's steal, right? But what forced that? And it was my pressure. So things like that, they were, they were always, um, they were always marked by someone that was on the bench, um, on our staff, but they were on the bench. So they were able to kind of evaluate the game in that way. Um, playing defense for freaking 40 feet for 90 minutes, you know, um, or 90 feet for 40 minutes. Um, it's hard to do and no one really wants to do it. Um, I learned this from coach Bradley, but are you the chicken or are you the pig? And um, I was like, I'm the pig. I'm the pig. Like I will literally, I will risk my body for anything for us to get that ball, you know? And so charges were, were on there. Um, things like that effort place. Um, and it, it's kind of unfair that that was a, an award when that's how, you know, that's, that's the core of my game. So and, and that's what if I didn't win that, that's probably, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. And that's what you're still doing now right? In the, yeah. in the business world. That's exactly what, exactly what you're doing now. And I, the one thing I want people to understand when they're watching this or listening to this is you're, you're selling yourself way short. You're being way humble about how great of a player you were. Okay. Cause I, I could watch you shoot three pointers all day long. That was like one of the thrills of my life was watching Carly needles <laughs> shoot three pointers. You were just funny. <laughs> and uh, so you're selling yourself short. So you're not only were a great player, you were also an unsung hero, right? You were an unsung hero who wanted to do the best you could for other people, for your team. Yeah. You know, have you ever heard of the concept, um, uh, your love language, or mm -hmm. have you heard of the book? Yeah. So for me, it's like, okay, I, I'm definitely an acts of service type of person, and I don't necessarily need words of affirmation to continue to do those acts yeah. of service. But when you get them, it goes a long way, yeah. right? You're like, okay. It almost, it almost makes me uncomfortable when people say good things about me all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and that's that's my dad's doing, you know, he'd be like, I'll, I'll give you praise when you deserve it. But 
Um, I remember, um, so Coach Bradley, my high school coach, he loved Georgia, University of Georgia. He's like, you got to go to Georgia. You got to be a bulldog, blah, blah. And then I go to Florida unintentionally. I promise that was unintentionally. But um, (laughs) um, the coach there um, at Florida, he, because of Coach Bradley, I just always had this thing in my head. I was like, I want to beat this guy. You know, I I just want to beat him. And uh, he eventually retired from being a coach and was uh, a color commentator. And he was, he was commentating on our game and he had said, you know, Carly needles is, is the glue to this team. And that, I mean, I just got goosebumps now, like that means a lot to me, me right? Because it has nothing to do with scoring all the points and being the best player on the, on the court. I'm just trying to find ways to keep us, you know, culture beats strategy. And I believe that a hundred percent with my whole heart. And so when he says that, or when he said that, I was like, okay, this is great. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And you better believe every time he played Georgia, I always texted coach Bradley and I was like, we're about to beat your booty tonight. <laughs> but, uh, you uh, know, right before coach, but, yeah, very, very accomplished yeah. coach. And so was his dad out in Georgia. Um, yeah. I have to ask this question just, you know, I wrote a book and it's, called uh, finding your the three p's finding your purpose perspective and passion so what, let me ask you this tell the people what your purpose in life is you've kind of mentioned it and oh, i'll kind man. of go through it a little bit with you here but you've you've mentioned it yeah i really and this term right now in the 21st century is not great because you think of like social media but i really just want to be an influencer to do the right things no matter how much it hurts and no matter how much you really don't want to do it, you know? Um, and I just want to continue to do that and, and show people that like, you don't have to be the tallest. You don't have to be the biggest. You don't have to be the smartest. Um, you just got to, excuse my language, you just got to work your ass off, yeah. you know? And I want people to see that. So I want to influence that. I want to continue to influence that and be a leader without actually saying, hey, I'm your leader, right? I just want people to kind of follow suit. So I, I have a saying, um, when your purpose is greater than yourself, then you've kind yeah. of reached um, peace. You've, you've yeah. kind of, you've kind of, you're you're in a good you're in a good place, and you've said yeah. it, and you probably haven't even noticed you've said it, but you've said it throughout this whole podcast. When you're in California, you didn't want to quit because you didn't want to have your dad think that you quit or your mom think. So that was something that yeah. was beyond yourself, right? You became yeah. a ca- captain at your school because you wanted to help the other people get better. You got the unsung hero award because you wanted your teammates to get the steal and you wanted, and you wanted your team to be better. It was always about something else beside yourself. It was greater than yourself all the way through your process. And, and when I yeah. looked at that and, and the way you answered that question, you hit that right on the head. And I wish more people would understand when your purpose is greater than yourself. You want to be a leader. You want to influence people. You want to show right. people that, that you can be 5'5 five, five and play in the SEC. It's always about right. somebody else. And, and, and that's right. your purpose in life. And that's so awesome. And so I'm going to go to this one now. What's your passion? What's your passion in life? Man. I really do feel like my passion in life is, is to find a way to compete. It really is right. Like no matter what, if it's, um, this is kind of funny, but and sorry, I have to let my 
dog out here. No, this good. is classic Zoom 2021 or 20 yeah, whatever year good. it is, right? We're good. This um, is awesome. Uh, um, so, man, I, I do. It's 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 competition. It's competing. It's um, doing things that I really never thought that I would do or I would be able to do. You know, Challenging like travel yourself. and yeah, to travel. I mean, the job that I have right now, I'm very underqualified for and I think you know just continually proving people wrong challenging myself I mean and never giving that up you know like my husband and I we watch Family Feud every night um and and we're competing like I said that first you know like it's always something but it's just the I never want to waver with that you know like that's my passion is just to make people also want to compete you know it's it's fun so you just said it again, right? To make other people yeah. want to compete. Because I have a, also yeah. have a saying that says purpose equals passion and passion equals purpose. I don't really think you can have one with the other. So you love yeah. to compete. One of your things that you'd love to do is in your passion is competing and challenging yourself and wanting to get better and grow and do all those things. And you want to bring people yeah. along with you. You know, you just yeah. said that. So that purpose and passion are always there. And then the last one yeah. is in the middle is perspective. So what kind of perspective do you have on life going through some of those things that you've gone through? Oh man, you know, I was trying to figure out a time to, that this would be, a, you know, make sense, but, and this is something that I've had to learn over time is that not everybody wants what I want and that's okay. You know? Yeah. And um, I think it's just, you know, taking the time to, to listen to people when I, even when I feel like I know the right answers and I have experiences to share and I always got something to say, I really do. I always yeah. have something to say, but um, I'm also very hard on people because I expect, I expect so much from myself. And so I've really learned like over time to not get frustrated that someone's not thinking of something the same way as me or that someone doesn't want to do what I want to do because that's okay. Right. And, and I can learn from them um, why they don't want those things. And, and the, in turn, that can help me grow. But it was, I mean, I'll tell you, that was, that was the hardest thing to learn in college, where I'd be like, why don't you want to do this? Why don't you want to, you know, yeah. like follow, I can't believe I would ever say this, but follow Scout, you know, like come yeah. on, like little things like that. Um, and even, you know, in, in, in the professional world now, the way that people, handle their own book of business I'm like why are you doing that you know like I don't need to question people everyone has a reason everyone has a purpose listen to it learn from it and if there's somewhere where you can teach them a little bit then great take that opportunity but don't force it you know everything's got to be authentic and and uh go with the flow you know let it happen because isn't that what our country needs what you just said is exactly what our country needs Right. I know we all have different ways of looking at things and seeing things. And, and the other thing I want to really highlight with what you just said about perspective is listening. Just mm-hmm. listen, just listen to people. I think that's one, I think it might be one of my top things that I teach when I teach leadership is the the listening part that you have two of these and one of these, and you have two right. of these because God wanted us to use that more than he wants us to use that. And I think yeah. great leaders listen 
and they don't just listen. They intently listen. They listen with a purpose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that was kind of my, uh, 2021. So to, to add on to that, I, I also think that reflection is very, very important. Yes. I, um, what she keeps whining at me. Um, <laughs> Um, I think that reflection is, is very important and, um, pers- like what's worked for me is, is journaling, um, educating myself, growing. um, just growing, just re- reflecting on, on that, you know, and looking back, right. Like how often do people, people probably look back and like, oh yeah, high school, whatever. But like, if you actually look back at your life and think about what happened and when I'm like, oh my God, this is probably why my husband's like, you're crazy. I'm like, well, you want to know why? I know why. Cause I thought of all these things and this is why I'm great. You know, like you just have to reflect. And sometimes you find the answers of things that are really, you know, holding you back right now in, in the, in the present. So yeah, I, I learned how important reflection is. And reflection is um, growth. Reflection is growth. Yeah. And I, I call yeah. it, I call it list and learn. And you just said it, you, mm-hmm. you know, reflecting back, you kind of list out things and all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, I learned this from that. I learned this from that. And, and the great, right. the great leaders of our, of our world, the great leaders of history have all listed and learned, you know, and they're mm-hmm. humble like you are and, and they, you know, they're accountable. And um, yeah, you've shown today that you're a great leader because you're accountable. You've shown you're a great leader because you're learning and growing. You're showing you're a great leader because you put people first. And um, yeah, I, I, I wrap this up. I don't want to take all your time. And I know, um, no, this, you're good. This has been I have a question so, for you. So exciting. Just yeah. So exciting Joe, I, I have a question for you. So yeah. you, um, I think this is great. What, what you're doing and, and the, the purpose and the, in all of that stuff. Like I, I, I truly believe in all of that. Um, oh no. I forgot what I was going to ask you now. Oh my gosh. Oh, you're good. Circle back to me. I was my, I hear my dog wanting to go outside and I don't want to go out there right now. Uh, I'll think about the question and I'll circle back with you, but uh, it was somewhere along the lines of, you know, when, at what point um, do you go from like teaching from learning, right? Like that's never even, that's never even a line that you cross. You're always learning. You're always teaching but um, being able to like relate to people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you, how are you doing that with all these different players that you're talking to? And, um, you know, you know, I'll be honest with it, you know, because I, I absolutely love all you guys. I mean, I, I, I think it's, I love learning, but I love learning yeah. about people. I love learning yeah. about what makes Carly step outside her comfort zone and go to California and do that. Right. What makes Carly right. step out of her comfort zone and go to Florida when she's probably homesick right. and, and doing all those things and what got her over the hump to do that and make, you know, and evolve into a captain at, at an SEC school. It just is so right. um, exciting for me to learn about, you at the deeper level in terms of what makes you tick, what makes you right. And and being able to help others because others are going through some of the difficulties on a daily basis of trying to get outside their comfort zone. You know, I have a thing that says, 
I think what you should try to do is step outside your comfort zone at least three times a day. So you get used to doing it. Yeah. And that might be something yeah. simple as just saying hi to somebody in the line at the grocery store. If you're introverted, you know, just to step outside right. yeah. your comfort zone to challenge yourself. I have a saying that says coach, you coach it, you practice it and you challenge it. You know, you coach whatever yeah. you're trying to coach and, and however you want somebody to do something it doesn't have to be in sports. It can be as a leader of a business. Right. How, do you, how do you want them to write their reports? I don't know. How do you right. want them to make the sales call? And then you, you got to help people and by practicing it with them. But the main thing is you got to challenge it, right? You got to put right. them in situations that they're not comfortable in. So when that really comes to fruition, when somebody like you just said, you you cold call somebody and they say how did you get my number why did you call me yeah you know yeah because those are the situations yeah. that put you under pressure right and and the challenge right you. so uh, right. i don't know you opened a whole can of worms i could go a whole another hour i know that, just keep no i it, this is this going. is interesting to me too because i i think about it i think about it often right i'm always i'm always asking people well what if this, what, you know, I'm just notorious for overthinking. Right. Um, but I do think that, you know, you, there's always room for improvement. There's always room to, always. to learn. But I, the one thing I didn't say that I learned was how to lead different people. Right. Because yeah. not everyone is the same, is the same or needs the same thing. Right. I mean, I had a, a teammate, her name was Simone in college and I could say the meanest things to her, you know, really get on her. And she wouldn't, I mean, she would be better from it. Right. But then there was another player that I had, uh, her name's Haley and she's our post player, love her to death. She needed more encouragement yeah. and I needed a player like that, that needed that because I needed to work on it, you know, mm -hmm. because I was like, whatever, tough as nails. Like there's no exception to any rule. Like you yeah. work your ass off and that's it. Um, and she needed just a different type of leadership and it's crazy that like that taught me so much i mean really it, it gave yeah. me a heart i think you know well, no, and, I, I, and i appreciate that yeah and what is it going to do for you in the business world because how many people oh it's the same yeah the same thing right everyone's changing and everyone's different and um it, it's so just this has been so awesome i just get so excited yeah. when i talk to you guys about this kind of stuff because, <laughs> i'm sure know, you're you're the leader I'm, I'm now. Jealous of you. Well, you're the, you're the person who's leading our, you know, we need young leaders in our world, in our country. And um, yeah. what you're going to do is, is blow this thing up with how you're going to lead in your business career and as a mother and, and, a, and right. as a wife and, a, you know, and all those different things. And um, just, I, I just can't tell you how proud I am of you for all of you, Thank you. that all you've done um, and you've Thank made you. us all proud and, um, I, I just, you. if there's anything I can ever do, just let me know. But um, we could, we could go on for this forever. And um, I know if you, yeah. need, if you want to talk some more about this kind of stuff, I would love to, I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing now. Um, it's shameless. Yeah. I, I wrote, I wrote down your book and I'm definitely going to, I'm going to buy well, it. I hope you I'm like it. it. I'm trying, I'm trying to write another one. I'm in the middle of writer's block right okay. now, but um trying to write another yeah. one, um, just trying to help people, just trying to help people grow, mm -hmm. just trying to help people become better leaders, um, build culture. So I'm, I'm a podcast listener. Do you have a podcast that you listen to? I do. That's like I, kind I, of a long. I do. I listen to um, Ed Milet 
is is one of my guys. I love Ed Milet. Um, the other one I've been listening to is a guy named Tim Kite in Urban Meyer, Focus Three. I just started listening okay. to that one. Um, really good one. You you mentioned Urban Meyer earlier. Um, huge fan of Urban Meyer. Really a huge fan. And I I, I like listening yeah. to John Maxwell. Um, I take my walks, but my main one that I've been listening to for about a year now has been Ed Milet, and and that's a big one. Okay. John Maxwell's been good, and and so has um, the Focus Three with Tim Kite and Urban Meyer been great. So cool. So I want to thank a, you. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I, I remember what I was gonna say was uh, when you think about do you ever ask people like what their goals are right like. I was talking to this, to this, um, as I say, to this chick, to this young lady, <laughs> um, a couple of days ago, and she's she's in a role that she's really unhappy with, and you know, was like, I was so successful at my last job, and had all these like excuses, right? And um, she's like, I need you to help me find a new job, and I was like, Well, you need to think about what your goals are. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm sure you watched it, but did you the um, Michael Jordan his his documentary yeah. uh-huh. on ESPN? And Phil Jackson is just, oh my God, the way that he can get all stars to yeah. be on a cohesive team is just, that's yeah, a talent. Um, but, you know, when he said that uh, they hadn't won a championship yet, and so he put a light, uh, you know, and, and beamed it right into where that banner mm-hmm. would go. Yeah. And it was just a, a daily reminder. And so I'm so big and this when I talk about journaling, I'm so big about like, if I want this and I write it down, you know, then it's me holding myself accountable. And so I told her, I was like, you need to have your own goal. What is that goal? I know you're only 23, whatever, but like, that doesn't mean that you can't Mm -hmm. have a goal. Right. Um, I never really know how to write my goals, you know? Cause like, I'm like, okay, I want to make a certain amount of money by the time I'm 30. That's a goal. But then everything else underneath that, I don't really know. It's just like a, play it by ear type of thing do you still write down goals or do you have goals or how yeah I do um I wrote down goals when I started when I started my coach Joe White 97 consulting LLC Mm -hmm. I wrote down Mm -hmm. I wanted to have speak to this many groups I wanted to work with this many businesses within this first year so very specific yeah but to me Carlene this is what I want I want you to understand this and I think you do this really well it's more about the process. I tell people this, I want you to win the process of achieving the goals more than I want you to achieve the goal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, winning the process. So you can set these goals and put these goals down, but what's your process in trying to reach those goals? Okay. Right. So if I want to run a four minute mile, which I'll never be able to do in my lifetime, <laughs> I wanted to run a four minute mile. What's my process to be able to do that? Okay. So right. for example, when I was in college, my two goals in college were I was going to graduate in four years and I wanted to get drafted by the, by major league baseball. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I wanted what I really figured out again, it goes back to that fear regret in the end of it, whether I got drafted or didn't get drafted or graduated in four years or didn't graduate in four years. I wanted to make sure that I did everything possible, the process to make it happen. And if it didn't happen, I can still look myself in the mirror and say, I did, you know, I wouldn't have a regret and said, well, if there was that one time when we were supposed to run 20 sprints and I only ran 18, 
that might have right. prevented me from getting drafted. Well, I didn't want that to happen. So I wanted to win the process. So I felt good either way. I was lucky I achieved yeah. both goals. You know, I got drafted yeah. twice and um, I graduated in four years. But it's because I won the process, not because I, I won the goal, if that makes right. any sense. Right. So whatever your goals yeah. are, set your process and then make sure that you fear regrets so that when you get to the point of achieving or not achieving your goal, which is okay, as long mm-hmm. as you won the process, you have won. You're okay. Right. I don't know if that makes, no, that makes sense. sense. No, it does. And that's, and this will be the last thing I say, cause I could definitely talk your ear off, but yeah. um, my coach, uh, Amanda Butler, I, I learned a lot from her and I, I had mentioned that, you know, I was looking at schools and I was only thinking about the coaches and I shouldn't have done that, but I, I, I say that loosely, right? Like, yes, you should obviously like your coach. Um, she taught me so much and I never had a woman, a female coach ever. She's my first one. Um, and so I wasn't really sure how it was going to go, but she was, she taught me like you handle your business like a woman, you trust the process, your discipline. And the one thing that she said, we had lost, oh, I think we had lost three games in a row and um, we were at Bandy and we're about to win. And uh, it was double overtime. So we were in double overtime. And um, this, this girl, her name is Christina Fogey. She was an All-American, threw up this shot at half court, uh, not half court, like really far out of the three-point line. Um, buzzer runs out, banks it in, and we lose. And we're just like deflated, right? Because yeah. we're doing the right things. We're busting our butt in practice. We're doing, the, we're doing the process. We're trusting the process, and we're not getting the results that we wanted. And um, she had come, she had come into the the locker room and wrote up this this Bible verse. And I don't even know the entire Bible verse or anything like that, but I just kind of take the cliff note version and I run with that, or I've ran with it since. Um, she had said you know, keep, do not grow weary in doing what is right. Um, you know, you'll reap your harvest when it's ready. And yeah. that has been like the most influential thing that I've, you know, heard um, from all, all my coaches, because I still think about it now, especially in sales. Yeah. And, you know, you're just like, I'm doing all this stuff and I'm not yes. seeing a result. And so if I have to say if I have to give advice to anyone, that's always what I lead with is that, if you know when you're doing right or wrong every day, right. you know, you know, if you're competing, right. um, there's a difference between working hard and competing. Everyone can work hard, right. Yeah. But are you competing? Are you pushing right. yourself? And so if you're doing those things every day, you'll reap your harvest when it's ready. You just don't know when that's going to be yet. And you got to trust that that's the case. And so, um, yeah, I, I probed that question to kind of end with that. Um, but so awesome. my life motto. I, I, yeah. I, I seriously, and you, you're going to think I'm weird about this. I have goosebumps right now because this has been so yeah. exciting. This has been so good. And it's going to help so many people. You're an inspiration. Yeah, no, I'm so happy you reached out. And when you talk about influencing people, that's what this is going to do. And that's what you're going to be. Uh, you are an influencer. You are an inspirer. You know, you, you're going to Thank inspire you. a lot of people, not with this, but throughout the rest of your life. So we will keep in contact. Um, yes, and, please do. And, um, I, I, I'm, I'm the biggest, I don't know what your company name is, but I know one thing, whatever that company is and you're working for them. So now I'm a huge fan of that company and you, because <laughs> I know what you're doing. There. Thank you. So, 
Thank you. I appreciate it. it. You know, tell your family hi. Tell your sister I said hi. And uh, thanks again for coming on. I will. You know, it was quite a surprise and it was a pleasant surprise. I had a really good time.